Welcome back to the show. I am struggling to wrap my head around the accomplishments of this next guest. It, 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 it defies logic. It defies what I thought was the limits of human capability. Ben Popjoy, Torontonian, Ben, po- ben Popjoy, um, completed, <laughs> completed 242 marathons around the world in a year. Uh, so I'm just going to welcome him to the show. If you were here, sir, you'd see my face. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing my temples because I don't, I don't get it. How did you, first of all, thank you for being here. <laughs> Ben, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, l- I listen, my, my questions, let's start with the general ones. Why? Why? Well, I'm kind of like a real-life Forrest Gump where I've developed this long-distance skill set over the last decade. And I think, like many of us, the pandemic kind of like upended my life, um, really made me reconsider things I'd taken for granted. And I wanted to dedicate a year to kind of put the skill to the ultimate test and have the adventure of a lifetime. Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways to have the adventure of a lifetime. 242 marathons around the world in a year. That's, that's well, it's a, first of all, it's a Guinness World Record. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Just to clarify, it's like pending. We're pending certification. It's kind of like I crashed the rental car and they're putting an insurance <laughs> adjuster on it. So it's a 12-week process. So I don't want to count my eggs before they hatch, but we believe we have surpassed it and even if I don't get that piece of paper, I'm still incredibly proud of the accomplishment and gleaned a lot of inspiration from the world. You think? <laughs> uh, l- listen, we can take this conversation in so many different ways. Let's start, though, by um, ha- set- setting a-, a goal this lofty. Uh, requ- ha- I have to assume it requires so much preparation and uh, so much support. So how did you get your ducks in a row before you said, OK, this is the mountain I'm going to climb? I had done some previous projects like this before on a much smaller scale, but essentially to do this project, I obliterated my life, quit my job, got rid of my rental pad, sold all my things, self-funded this whole entire project, and then took five months to doing all the logistics, which were uh, quite difficult, and then had the love and support of friends and family along the way. But uh, wasn't able to commercialize this, so this was just like a self-funded project where it was me solo out there vulnerable, having the time of my life. And, you know, you called it uh, Marathon Earth, the Marathon Earth Challenge, which you completed. So what did you learn about, as you refer to it, our pale blue dot? I think what was kind of remarkably disappointing, yet infinitely beautiful about the project is that give and take a few little differences, us humans are the same at our cores. We love friends and families. Uh, we enjoy sunsets. And I think at a time of divisiveness, that was just a really great reminder that, you know, our commonality is our humanity. And it's just something I'm doubling down on moving forward, always trying to see uh, what we have in common and celebrate that as well as our differences. But, you know, we're more alike than we are dissimilar. And I think that's important to be reminded of at this point in time. Well, listen, g- given what you've done and where you've gone, I- I- I'm certainly not in a position to disagree with you, sir. Um, I... Did you ever want to give up? I never wanted to give up because there were certain weeks where I was up in up to four different countries in a week. So there was always something incredible to look forward to, which was a great mechanic to keep going. But there were days that were difficult. So uh, wet bulb temperatures where your body can't release uh, its heat or dealing with like minus 20 weather in Mongolia. So 
it had its trials, but when you sign up for adventure, you have to accept what adventure costs and it is discomfort. Okay, so, so let's let's reframe it. Let's not talk about giving up. What was the most difficult, most perilous part of this journey? Uh, you know, uh, there were times when I was exposed. So you get, you know, robbed at gunpoint and assaulted and jumped. And you just have to be decisive and solve problems and get the marathon done. So I, I, sorry, I, mean, I, I got to interrupt for a second. I, look, uh, because you, you are clearly cut from a very unique cloth. I, I don't like speaking for everybody or for anyone, but I'm going to in this matter. I suspect that most people listening, if they embarked on a journey like this and got, uh, got held up by knife or gunpoint, they'd call it quits. They'd say, that's it for me. I'm going home. But you didn't do that. No, it's definitely not for everyone. But each and every day, you know, when you're out there doing 43 kilometers, there's always this nugget of magic, a fun human interaction, a beautiful sunset. And that actually puts the wind in your sails to keep going because the beauty outweighs the bad on projects like these. How did you avoid injury? You really got to go slow to go far. So um, unfortunately, there is a lot of application of petroleum jelly all over the body to prevent <laughs> chafing. And then my feet look like mummy feet, just completely wrapped in athletic tape. So that's basically all you can do. But my baseline for pain is um, probably very strange compared to other people. So, and that's not a macho flex, but it's just the truth. <laughs> I guess for, for people who don't know uh, enough about running, I, I, you know, I, I'm surprised at how little downtime you needed. Like I, I understand, uh, it would be, like I said, a Herculean effort to complete 242 marathons over the course of one's lifetime. But for you to have condensed that into a, in, into a single year, um, to me, it's, it seems like you didn't have enough. I don't understand how you had time to recover from one, one marathon to the next. Oh, there was no recovery whatsoever. There were, I almost averaged five marathons a week. So you're definitely like very foggy and sore the whole time. But prior to this project, like I'd already done 600 freestyle marathons around six continents in the previous eight years. So kind of my wheelhouse. It's a very weird, strange practice that looks very crazy looking in and I'm a crazy person. So it's sane and it makes sense to me. Did you listen to any music or were you, uh, did you have your ears open to the world around you? Yeah. Uh, for two reasons, I could not listen to music. One is safety. You're always trying to kind of geolocate how far things like gunshots are from you or whistles from drug boys or people stepping up to you. And secondly, um, I just, you know, I'm out in the world. Many of these places I will never be able to return to once again. And I just wanted to be fully present so I could take it all in like a sponge meets a vacuum, I guess. Well, that, and, and you know, that, that brings me to, I think, probably the most important question I have. Here you are in, in many moments and in many ways, completely alone, traveling the world by foot with your, sen your, your senses open to everything around you doing something that very few people have ever, ever dreamt of, let alone taken on. What did you learn about yourself over the course of this journey? I don't know how much I learned about myself. I learned more about us as a species. And I think the reality is, is like we can do hard things. I've been very honest about my project. It was a luxurious year, this privileged prance around the world. And I just saw real people every day working precarious jobs with a lot of dignity and uh, I wish most of us embraced what we believed we could do, because I think we are capable of a lot more than we actually imagine. I'm talking to Ben Pobjoy from Toronto, a man who in 2023 completed 242 global marathons 
and uh, we're waiting to see if uh, Guinness gives them the thumbs up on this. But uh, okay, so you've now seemingly climbed the, one of the greatest human achievements mountains that one could. What's next for Ben Popjoy? Um, I have a loving wife, so there's a long honeydew list, and <laughs> I basically have to be very state and static and on my best behavior over the next year. And uh, as unromantic as it is, I now have to return to the workforce and get a job. So if anyone needs someone who can come up with ideas and execute different logistical projects, I'm your guy. Well, uh, you know, with all due respect, I don't think you should leave the wealth of information, knowledge, and inspiration that you garnered over the course of this thing on the sidelines. I think if anybody is listening and knows how to get Ben on the speaking circuit, talking to kids about achieving their goals and talking to government leaders about how what they're doing may not be enough and they can achieve more, they somebody should hire you because yours is a message more people need to hear. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, I'm going to leave it there. I could speak to you all day. I'm absolutely in awe of what you've done and who you are. I wish you the very best. And as Herculean as uh, as, as your achievement was, the <laughs> the ma- magnanimous nature of your wife to let you go do this is even greater. So enjoy your Sunday with her and uh, and best of luck with whatever you do next. Thank you, Ben. Have a great one.